Hi and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. This is our annual trip to InfoSec where we get to talk to the best, most influential people in the cybersecurity industry. Sit back and enjoy the next few weeks of our brilliant coverage from this fantastic event. Okay, so hi and welcome. Yes. Um, so, Thank you. what's your name and where did you come from? My name is Bridget Kenyon and... Well, originally I come from uh, a small town in the middle of England <laughs> called Birmingham, but uh, I'm currently working for Talis eSecurity, which is based out of uh, Cambridge. Also, we've got offices in Plantation in Florida and San Jose in California and also Hong Kong, amongst other little bits in sales all over the place. Wow. So, what do you do for Talis eSecurity? I am the Global Chief Information Security Officer, or CISO. Well, right. I'm not going to lie, that must be... So, <laughs> you are the CISO for one of the world's leading encryption security technologies. I think you vendors. can safely say that, yeah. I think... I think Our work is done. Let's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, an amount of bowing down to, yeah. to what an unbelievable role that must be. i tell you something about CISOs. There's another meaning for the acronym. Go on. Career is suddenly over. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be super sensible oh when you're a CISO. Oh my god, I can only it's imagine. It's about risk. I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, you, so you're in an inevitable, inevitable, enviable position where you mm-hmm. genuinely, with an, an encryption firm, have to lead by example. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. As a saying, we we should eat our own dog food. <laughs> you should probably bath in it, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yes, David. Yes. Well, no, no, I've heard a better one. Drink your own champagne. Oh, that's, 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 that's quite classy. nice. Yeah, that's I'd like I had, to I make champagne so I could have that opportunity. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a CISO for essentially the world's securest company, <laughs> what, what on earth does that entail? It's about risk. It's about making sure you're not the the um, case where you know that the Taylor's children have, uh, go around in old clothes. Yeah. Um. You've got to make sure that your your expert services are turned inwards as well as outwards. Okay. So, for oh. example, we do consultancy on GDPR. Yeah. So we have to take advantage of the fact that we have these experts and ask them what they would do for our systems, for our environment. Mm-hmm. But and this is the fun thing if you've ever worked in a consultancy. You have to bear in mind that if you're consulting for yourself, if you're doing any kind of payment, it's just going in a loop, right? Yes. So it's not a revenue accruing activity. So you have to actually compete with external customers to try and get time from your own staff. Wow. <laughs> that must yep. be fun. So you actually are the, the CISO for Talent Security, as in you actually operate the Talent Security internal systems and, and secure the internal systems, or are you an outward facing what it's quite interesting basically i work in partnership with the it department and they have security analysts mm. my focus is on enabling the business to connect to it to in- ensure that the business's risk is managed appropriately yep in addition to me there's another role which is chief security officer that looks at the security of the products that go out the door so yeah. that's how I fit into the sort of big scheme of things. Okay. So I refer report through to the chief operating officer, as does the CTO. So we act as peers. Okay, fantastic. So can I can I ask what might be a rather naive, well naive you naive to some on. stupid men to those that know me question <laughs> question. <laughs> Don't um, him. Hundred podcasts in. Yeah, hundred podcasts in. I'm allowed to say that. Checks in the past. <laughs> um, so. 
your role as a CISO, mm -hmm. is it is it fairly typical of a role? Take take aside Palace. Mm -hmm. Is it yeah. a fairly typical boilerplate type role that you could apply to uh, a high street retailer, uh, a local government, a council office? Uh, yeah, it, I'm just fascinated to mm. know if, if there are any subtle differences across yeah. the type of client base that, that we find Palace partners and, and clients that we work with yeah. engaging with. Yeah, I've, um, I've actually worked in a number of different sectors. So I've worked in, in the defence sector mm -hmm. directly. Um, I've worked in the education sector and I've worked in consultancy where I've got to work with, with banks and random tiny um, charities that actually bring their dogs to work. Oh. Uh, really cute. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got to see quite a lot of it. The one th common factor across the whole thing is human nature. Mm -hmm. And that drives a lot of the risks and it drives a lot of the way that you have to address those risks. Yeah. The amount of money changes and the specific nature and quality of the risk, if you like, changes. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're working in defense, you know there are certain entities or threat actors, if you like, bad guys, who are definitely going to be interested in finding out what you've got or even altering what you've got or finding out who yeah. you have on your payroll, for example. If you're working in a university, quite often most of that information is public. Yeah. But you've got this weird subset of highly sensitive data because you might be working with defense and anything that you haven't published yet is oh. really super sensitive. Yeah. So a paper that hasn't been published is highly sensitive. And mm. as soon as it's published, it's like, hey, come everybody, read it. So the, the data changes with time, yeah. the sensitivity of it. And if you're working for a product company, you've got a very clear idea of the IPR, of the intellectual property that you're trying to protect. Mm. And that generally remains valuable and remains in need of protection for the entire life of the product that it, support, that it um, is intended to develop or is it that it supports. Yeah, yeah. So and they're great examples mm. um, and and I think as as examples go you know, they're they're not they're not startups they're not born on the web organizations they're not mm. just industries that have you know come into being over the last couple of years no they've got so they've, they've got form <laughs> they've <Yeah>. got form <laughs> they they've always had an element of that type of risk to deal with yeah this is something that goes back to the what the earliest history of mankind yeah the Egyptians had a theory of espionage. All espionage is, is trying to get other people's information. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so you have methods of protecting that information. You have information security. Yeah. You know, you go back decades, you go back centuries, you go back millennia. This is about people and information. So we see, we see a, lot of, a, a lot of businesses talking to to us and, uh, and obviously to vendors like yourselves I'm sure you'll see it where yeah. what they're looking what they're looking at is they're going all oh, right we are um, we're, we're a consultancy house yeah. or we are a systems integrator um, yeah. and we're gonna drive a strategy into our customer base around digital transformation <laughs> and we're gonna yeah we're gonna work with it with these end clients these end clients are even coming to us going you know we know we've got to change our business and right. and, and and it's all well and good, you know. And we talk about on, on podcasts people that, that know us and that tune in regularly. Again, checks mm -hmm. are, checks are in the post. Um, we talk about you know IT not as in not as in selling point technology, but but trying to understand the business and and solve business objectives and, mm -hmm. and meet uh, solve business problems and meet business objectives. But yeah. but surely 
by by doing that, by going through a level of transformation, by bringing more digital mm. into the business, it has a massive impact on risk. Surely, how? Yeah. Mm. I'm, fascinated to know what your view is on something I, I think we, did, we we saw a flutter of, of the eyes almost rolling when, <laughs> when I said digital transformation how how do you measure the risk or the what the perceived change in risk would be when when you see <laughs> different units within a business coming to you going we want to do this you there's actually two answers to that one answer is that there are structures and methodologies for managing risk and yeah. for measuring it and then there's the dirty secret. This whole thing is basically a, a guess, a guess, finger in the air um, techno- technique. Right. Pretty much every wow. method for measuring business risk is based on gut instinct, because you're trying to predict the future. Yeah. Not only that, but it gets worse with information security, because people like to keep their cards really close to their chest yeah. when it comes to what's happened and what's gone wrong. So up until GDPR, there was pretty much well, very, very little data about what incidents had taken place. And they, so you can't learn from them. So you've got two problems. You've got a lack of credible data. Yeah. And you're, the fact that things are changing. So you can't necessarily use the past to predict the future. And then on top of that, you've got this slightly woolly methodology. If you talk to anybody in the security space, they will tell you that security risk and business risk, what you're essentially relying on is a repeatable process which is, I would say, non-scientific, but at the same time still valuable. Mm. I'm, I'm from a, a scientist background, so mm. I, I did physics at university. So you know, I, I like to have error bars on things, and uh, there ain't no error bars on business risk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm fascinated to understand. You know, you, one of the things that I find very, um, very upsetting, confusing, annoying about our industry as a whole mm-hmm. is that we have very little and it plays into exactly what you're saying very little actual um, yeah, so let's just back up a little bit mm-hmm. my, my sister's a chartered accountant she's had my to go my brother's a chartered accountant uh, but they <laughs> have to go through absolutely tons of certification and, and they then stick specific. to a very specific accounting framework methodologies formalised do- audited yep. um, it's the same if you are if you take the bar health the and same. safety exactly it's all of these things the risk and the and the amount of devastation and destruction that can be that can occur mm-hmm. through the IT systems failing um, mm-hmm. data breaches all these sorts of things yeah. I would say now is is as big, if not comparable, comparable yeah. to um, to these industries, mm-hmm. yet we're still not seeing. And I, I really want your opinion on this because uh-huh. in your role, this should be something I'm sure that you bang your head against the wall <laughs> every day with. But <laughs> we're still not seeing any movement towards any sort of centralized methodologies, frameworks. There's lots of sort of open source type things where people sort of spin up certifications. We've seen mm-hmm. TOGAF. We've seen. You know, lots of different ones. Mm-hmm. NIST has got some stuff. There's NIS frameworks. There's GDPR. You know, there's mm-hmm. all these things, and, but there's nothing that literally rubber stamps you. You've done the right things. I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, brilliant! Because I haven't. I have an axe to grind. It's it's like Good. a really large axe. Go for it. So um, since about 2006, I've been working with an inter- the International Standard for Information Security Management. Yeah. It's not a list of how to set up your firewall. No. It's not a, a master list of exactly who needs what uh, responsibility within an organization. It's a list, a, a nine-page document, the main part of the, of the um, standard, of what I would describe as a very clear applied common sense. 
you do that, you've got information security and you have a defensible way of maintaining your risk management. Thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't go into the minutiae and as a result, it's stable. It doesn't go, oh no, Internet of Things, I've got to start again and create 15 more things that everyone has to do. Yeah. Unlike, say, um, PCI DSS or uh, NIST or Common Criteria or whatever else you want to pick up. Um, what it does do is say, okay, start by working out what the scope that you want to apply of the organization that you want to apply this to is. Mm. Work out what your interested parties are. And that's it. there's all sorts of funny phrases in it, but they are powerful phrases. Interested parties can include your, stock, your uh, stockholders, you know, shareholders. Yeah. It can include your employees, your top management. It can include hackers. You're not trying to comply with the requirements of these interested parties. You're trying to understand what their requirements mm. are and respond to them appropriately. Yes, of course. So, so, it, yeah, so it, it goes on like that. So it says do risk assessment. It says measure what you've done. Work out what controls you need to bring your risk down to an appropriate level, taking into account what third parties are forcing you to yes. do. So it matches, so you balance off your own risk appetite with what your third parties are requiring you to do. Yeah, exactly. So contractual requirements, legal requirements, regulatory requirements, you pull all of those in. We also have requirements from Talis Group. You pull all those in and you overlay them on top of what you need to do to manage your own risk. So you may choose to go over and above what you're being required to do because you're worried about, you want to keep your risk down to something that you're comfortable with. And out of that pops a list of controls which are automatically going to be compliant with whatever standards, you know, whatever lists of requirements you've been given by um, a certain third party that might have given you a very large list of requirements, not naming any of our customers. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a really healthy way of doing it. And then you, the nice thing is certification. Third party comes in, looks at what you've done and makes sure that it is self-healing. Yeah. It, it, self-maintaining, self-healing. Manage it. It doesn't just do security. It, it manages itself. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm a bit kind of keen on this because I've been working with it for actually over a decade now. I think about well, it. Good because I'm, I'm I must admit mm. one of these areas where I mean I did a degree in degree in network engineering with security, yeah. and I walked out and I got a job and I sat there and I went, I'm being asked to. I was working in a school. Yeah. And I was network administrator and I was dealing with hugely private and confidential data mm -hmm. and I made some absolutely horrible mistakes because I yeah. wasn't anywhere near skilled enough but you know it you're better skilled than me I, le oh, I, well. I left university with a, with a degree in geography well <laughs> well it's different skill well, set not well, less skilled well yeah different well, it's very definitely uh, for this industry <laughs> I find it very strange that we've got this world where uh, it's talking specifically about security now because mm. the rest of it yeah. is just is, is how you set up your server is whatever but yeah. the security of an infrastructure is so critical now. I I mm. I'm still, I'm still. There's a lot of. I I think what you've done is very very commendable. But until mm. it turns into a full-on, chartered security person where you have to have passed this thing yeah. to be to I be think able to go. Chartership would be a really healthy direction yeah, for could, our industry to go in. I, I We're just not more. mature enough yet. Yeah. I think it's, it's because the say, definition it? of information security keeps changing and people keep using new buzzwords. So at the moment, it is sufficiently fluid that it's very hard to pin it down and say, this is what it means. Mm. And you've got the advance and the change of technology yeah. where, where a lot of the standards are so technology focused that they themselves cannot stabilize, which is no. partly why I like 27001, main part of the standard, the bit you actually um, certify to. Not one technical term. It's about managing risk yeah 
Desperate to information. Yeah. Can I? Uh, just go on. I was going to say. Do you want to get a word in oh, this? You know, it's going to be another stupid question. Go for it. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> How can I best phrase this? Tactfully. Tactfully. <laughs> <laughs> always tactfully. I, I can never. I can never quantify if it's stupid or not, but it will always oh. be tactfully. Mm-hmm. How? How often? Mm. <laughs> does does that risk view? How often do you look at risk? I suppose is the easiest way to look at it. Continuously. It's continuously. Yeah, pretty you much. Have to. Yeah, I mean, what's what can happen is that someone comes to you and says, "I want to do this. Is it secure?" Or, "I want to do this. What are your requirements?" It's not really about my requirements. It's about the organisation's risk risk tolerance. It's about how much risk it's comfortable with bearing. And how often, how often is that risk tolerance review? Is that constantly as well? That's something that you generally do as often as it is appropriate for the organisation because that's something that the executive management of an organisation should be in control of right. because it's part of their business risk appetite. There isn't a separate risk appetite for information incidents because yeah. the, the impact is still, yeah. you know, lose money, lose, lose trust, lose, lose people, yeah. you know. It's and, I, and I'm going to ask my third, mm-hmm. third, fourth. I'm losing track of the stupid questions. Um, so, I mean, it's great that you've joined us today. It's, mm-hmm. fa- it's absolutely fantastic that you've oh, taken time, time to join us, and we really appreciate it. But the stupid—it's well, not the stupid question, but I am assuming that mm-hmm. because of the because of the value that that I see in, in in your role within the organisation, and because mm-hmm. of because of obviously the nature of the technology, you know. It, it, and yeah. where you guys are around encryption, the value of putting you in front of in a in, a, in front of customers and clients in a, mm-hmm. in an environment like this is that yeah it's is it is it is it difficult to to get the value of, of what Alice do into the right people in an organisation and it, you know the CISO absolutely needs to be front and centre and part of a conversation around some of the technologies that that mitigate risk or, or is it because yeah is there some other reason why you know, you're you're asked to come come to events like this i think the reason i'm asked to come to events like this well there's two reasons one we are looking for products and services because we act as an end user of security products and services Do you know that's what? kind of my yeah. primary reason for being here because yeah. i want to know what's out there i want to know what we can use we need to make ourselves as secure as appropriate as secure as possible um, the other reason I think it's it's credibility for Talis. I think that's why, for example, I've been asked to do this uh, podcast. Yeah. Because if you can see that the people within Talis are tr- are protecting themselves appropriately and can possibly help other people for gratis, then quite possibly our products are worth having too. <laughs> do you and know what? On that bombshell, that <laughs> was the answer I was really hoping for. Thank you Bridget, so, much. so much. It's been really interesting <laughs> to listen to you. And have someone genuinely credible. Um, and does one's best. One does one's I best. could talk for like hours about risk. I oh really could. Oh, my God. Oh, we're going to have to have a, a full Alice session, aren't we? We are. Mm. We are. We're going to have to have you back. Thank you ever so much. Brilliant. No Bridget. Thank, Thank you for your time. Bridget. No Cheers. Thanks very Bye. much for having me. Bye Thank you for listening to this InfoSec Security Special. We're going to be back next week with more coverage from this fantastic event. Stay tuned and speak to you then.